Welcome to Alpha and Omega Ministries International. This ministry is committed to bringing apostolic alignment and restoration of the values and principles of the Kingdom of God to the body of Christ. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by the Word of God. Open your Bibles to um, Ephesians chapter 1. And we're going to read from verse 15 through verse 20. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15 through to 20. What I want to teach today on is the believer's prerogative. Prerogative is defined as an exclusive right or privilege. It can also mean birthright, advantage, or authority. So in this lesson today, I want us to discover one of the exclusive privileges that belongs to us simply because we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now this message, or this word, was given to me early this week on a Monday morning, sitting before the Lord, and just praying, not particularly in any given direction, but I sensed the Holy Spirit impressing upon my spirit some of the words that we're going to read now from Ephesians chapter 1 in the prayer that Paul prayed for the church in Ephesus. Let's read it together, please. Ephesians 1, beginning with verse 15. Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, and your, your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling, what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of His power to us who are to believe? According to the working of His mighty power, which He worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in the heavenly places. The words that were really um, challenged me by the Holy Spirit was when Paul prayed, one of the prayers that he prayed is that we may know or receive a revelation or a personal experience of the exceeding greatness of God's power toward us who believe. He goes on to say that this is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead when, 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 when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. But the words that struck my spirit and, and, and challenged me was the exceeding greatness that I may know, that I may experience, the exceeding greatness of God's power toward me because I simply believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. There is a depth of revelation that we have not reached yet. 
And Paul is praying and asking the Lord to give us that spirit of wisdom and revelation that we may come to the full knowledge and experience this exceeding greatness of God's power that is at work on our behalf simply because we believe in the Lord Jesus. Now, the believer, according to the Word of God, has access to this exceeding greatness of God's power simply because we believe. God's power and God's ability is at our disposal and at work on behalf of those who believe and he longs or desires that this exceeding greatness of his power to go to work in order that we may receive from God the very things that we desire of him. Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty four, Therefore I say to you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Here the Lord has given us a blank check. He says, what things soever you desire, not what God desires, but what you desire in the Lord. Whatever you desire, when you pray, believe. Believe what? Believe that you receive them, and then you shall have them. And he's talking about this exceeding greatness of his power going to work on the behalf of those who simply believe. Believe his word, believe his promises. Believe what he has said in his word. The faith of the believer can do what nothing else can. It is the open door by which God walks through and does his wonderful work in our lives. It can bring things into existence that never existed before because the believer has free access to this exceeding greatness of God's power and ability. I believe the Lord stands back many times. That's what he challenged me on Monday morning. I had a real encounter with God and it was a genuine experience as the Lord began to challenge my heart and to challenge my faith. It was like the Lord stood before me and he said, Son, what can I do for you in the coming year? What are you believing me for? What is it that you expect from me to do? It, it really challenged my heart. It challenged my faith because sometimes I think that I'm believing God for too little. Is such a great God, yet my faith toward Him or the things that I'm expecting from Him are so little compared to what God is able to do. And so I believe that many times the Lord stands back and is amazed at our unbelief, saying to us, why don't you believe? Why don't my people believe for greater things? I'm a great God. My power and ability can do anything. Why aren't they believing me for, for much greater things than what they're actually receiving from me? I could do 
It was like the Lord saying, Son, I could do so much more for you if you could only believe me for greater things than you have. Now, the Lord really humbled me and challenged me in that encounter that I had with Him. Because this incredible and amazing power of God stands ready to do the impossible if we could just believe. That's the magic word, believe. When we first believed in Jesus, listen to this. When you first bowed the knee before the Lord, you received Him as your personal Lord and Savior. His exceeding greatness of power entered your life and brought you out of spiritual death into spiritual life and imparted to you the very life and the very nature of God in your spirit. This is the greatest miracle we could receive from God. It is the new birth. When we believe this incredible power of God by the Holy Spirit came into our hearts, transformed us in a twinkling of an eye, brought us out of spiritual death, and put us into the kingdom of God, imparted to us the very life and the very nature of God in our spirits. Remember that this same power heals our bodies. This incredible, this greatness of God's power delivers us from the curse of the law. The Bible says we are delivered from the curse and are brought into the light. Delivers us from that curse of the law and brings us into the blessing of God. The same power is the same power that can forgive our sin and cause the favor of God to surround us like a shield. There, folks, there is nothing that God cannot do for those who believe. For the believer. Jesus said, all things are possible to them that believe. And listen, we are believers. We're not doubters. We are believers. And I want to encourage you, but at the same time challenge you today. What are you expecting from God? What are you believing God for? God will meet you only on the level of your faith, not on the level of your need, because God does not move in accordance to our needs. God moves in accordance to our faith. The law of the Bible is, according to your faith, so be it done unto you. Whatever you can believe from God, God will meet you on that level of your faith. If you can believe it, you can receive it. Now, we often speak about the importance and the privilege of serving God, walking with God. Walking in the center of God's will, a privilege to serve God and to walk with Him. But I also believe that God stands ready with this incredible power, ready to serve the believer every single day. And that is good news, folks. When God stands ready and He says to you, I'm ready, what can I do for you today? What can I do for you in the coming year? What can you believe me for? Here I am. I will go to work on your behalf if you can simply believe. 
we often see Jesus, and, and listen, this incredible, this exceeding greatness of power is, is, is available to the believer, not to the minister of the gospel only. It is available to every single believer, regardless of how long you've been in the Lord. If you've been born again yesterday, this incredible power is at your disposal to go to work on your behalf if you can simply believe God and believe His Word. We often see Jesus in the Gospels asking individuals, how can I help you? And what would they want for Him to do for them? In one account we read in Luke's Gospel, chapter 18, verse 40 to 41, we read, So Jesus stood still, and commanded the blind men to be brought to him. And when he had come near, he asked him, saying, What do you want me to do for you? Amen. Did you hear what the Lord said? He asked the blind men, because the blind men cried out and said, Lord, have mercy on me. Let me say this. God wants you to be very specific in what you require and what you desire of him. Amen. He wants you to be specific in your request and in what you believe in. So he stood. In the midst of this huge crowd, Jesus stands at the cry of this one blind beggar. And he says, what can I do for you? What do you want me to do for you? And on that Monday morning, when I had this incredible encounter with the Lord, it's like I've seen the Lord in my spirit standing before me saying, son, what can I do for you in the coming year? What do you, what can you believe me for? What are you expecting from me? I stand ready to go to work on your behalf. The Bible says that Jesus is not only the high priest, but the apostle of our confession or our profession of faith. Jesus is sent on the behalf of your faith to do incredible things for you, for your family, for your business, for your loved ones. He stands ready. Your faith is the key that releases Him. And our faith is the key that releases this, this exceeding greatness of power that Paul is speaking about. In another, in so, so, so the blind man answered the Lord and he said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. All he wanted was to be able to see again. And Jesus said, receive your sight. And immediately the, the blind man was healed of his blindness. And for the first time, he looked up and he saw the face of his creator. He saw the beauty of nature. Can you imagine what that has done to that man's life and to those who knew him? His testimony was incredible. Now, that is why I believe that Jesus is encouraging us to believe, not only for ourselves, because when God's ability goes to work on our behalf, many other people will stand back amazed and will believe simply because they've seen the miracle working power at work in your life. We also read in another account in Matthew's Gospel. Let's read also in Matthew chapter 20, verse 30, beginning with verse 30. Here we see again two blind men sitting by the road. When they heard that Jesus was passing by, 
they cried out, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, Son of David. Then the multitude warned them that they should be quiet. But they cried out all the more, saying, Have mercy on us, Son of David. So Jesus stood still once again. He called them and said to them, What do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? Can you imagine the Lord asking you that question? Son, daughter, what do you want me to do for you? And they say to him, Lord, that our eyes may be opened. So Jesus had compassion and touched their eyes, and immediately their eyes received sight, and they followed him. Nothing is too hard for the Lord. The Word of God says in Psalm 145, verse 8 and 9, The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger, great in mercy. The Lord is good to all, and His tender mercies are over all of His works. God loves you. God loves me. And the reason for releasing His exceeding greatness of power on your behalf that very reason is because of His love toward us. When you receive a revelation of the love of God, your faith will grow by leaps and bounds. God will do it for me because He loves me. Not because I'm worthy, but because of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Because you are in Christ and Christ is in you. Now, we need to let our belief in God's love, folks, an exceeding greatness of His power rise to another level, a level to which we have not been before. We need to somehow, by the grace of God, by the help of the Holy Spirit, expand the horizons of our imagination to reach places that we have not reached before in the Spirit. Take hold of things which belong to us by divine right. And bring them from the invisible, unseen realm into this natural, physical world, tangible world. Things that did not exist in your life before. They can come into existence through your faith. Now the word declares, listen to what the promise of God tells you. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that work in us. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. There is no problem with God's ability to work on our behalf. The problem always is in our ability to receive. Our capacity to receive needs to grow and be enlarged in order to embrace all that God has for us. Many believers have a problem receiving from God. I recall many years ago when we moved to Cape Town, and I've, I've told this story, I don't remember if I've shared this testimony with you, but when we moved to Cape Town, the Lord led us into a beautiful place here, where, where we could um, purchase our own house, pay cash for it, because we sold our business in Zimbabwe. We were able to bring our finances into this country, and so we, we saw a beautiful home that was just finished 
actually it was half half built when we saw it. We liked it, we purchased it, we paid cash for it. And then we moved from Zimbabwe and settled in this house. And to be honest with you, it is a house that is 400 square meters. If I'm not mistaken, is about 5,300 square feet for you Americans who have square feet instead of meters and inches and, and so on and so forth. You can work it out how much 400 square meters. It's a huge home. We particularly bought this large house so that we could have church meetings because we didn't have a building then. And I recall for the first few days when we moved in, I would wake up in the middle of the night and I couldn't sleep because the devil was hammering me with guilt. And I would wake up and sit in the lounge and we didn't have curtains in those yet and I could look at this beautiful view outside all the lights and the devil would beat me over the head, making me feel, who do you think you are living in a house like this? What are people going to think and what are people going to say, you as a pastor living in this huge house? And man, for the first, <laughs> for, for the first couple of nights, I believed him and I felt guilty and I felt, man, the, the, and so embarrassed. And then one evening, as, 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 as I sat on that couch, I sensed a cool breeze all of a sudden. And I sensed the presence of the Lord just walking into that room and filling that place with His presence. And God began to speak to me. He said, Son, remember what I said to you in Mark's Gospel? There's no man who has left wife, children, houses, lands, brothers for my sake and the gospel who shall not receive in this life one hundredfold in return and eternal life in the life to come with persecutions. And then he went on to say, remember how often your wife let you go, preach the gospel for weeks at a time while she looked after the children, ran the business for you? I said, yes, Lord, I remember. Many, many times I left my wife behind, not because I wanted to, but because of the call of God upon my life. I left my children for weeks, traveling as an evangelist all over in Greece, in the United States, preaching the gospel to the Greek communities. And then he said, I wanted to give your wife the best that I had. And this is the best that I had for your wife. Receive it. Be joyful, be thankful. From that day onwards to this day, every single day I wake up in the morning, I thank God for what He has blessed me with. And listen, folks, I know many of you are struggling to receive from God because you think you're not worthy, because you think that, that, that you're not good enough or you're not, you, 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 you're not fulfilling godly standards, so to speak. But listen, when God blesses you, is not on the basis of what you do or don't do. It's on the basis of Christ's sacrifice on the cross. He blesses you because of Christ, not because of your own righteousness. The Word of God says all our righteousness are as filthy rags before God. And we need to understand that. So we have a problem many times in receiving from God. Therefore, I want to encourage you today that God wants to give you the best. 
He wants to bless you. He wants to bless your children. He wants to bless your, the work of your hands. He wants to bless your neighbors. He wants to give you blessing in every sphere of life. Because of Christ. Because He loves you. Because Jesus paid for your sin and for your trans, trans, transgressions. And because of His blood has washed you clean and made you worthy in His eyes. When God looks at you, He does not look at an unworthy vessel, but a vessel that is worthy. A vessel that has become the object of His love and favor. And He wants to shower you with His love and blessings. We need to expand and receive, uh, uh, expand our capacity in being able to receive from God the very best that He has for us. Listen to what he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. Mm. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. Eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love Him. But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. The Word of God tells me that my natural senses cannot fathom, cannot see, cannot perceive, cannot understand the very things that God has already prepared for me because I love Him and because He loves me. There are wonderful things that have been prepared for you, they have been deposited into your account, not just financial blessings, but spiritual blessings, relational blessings, social blessings. In every sphere of life, God has deposited in your heavenly account all of these wonderful things. You cannot see them with your natural eyes. You cannot perceive them with the natural understanding. It takes the revelation of the Spirit for you to see what God has prepared for you. That's why I say many in God's family struggle to receive from God. Why? Because they lack the revelation of God's love and goodness. They somehow have a problem believing that God loves them. Why would God do that for me? I'm just a rotten sinner. I keep failing. I keep making a mistake. I keep transgressing. I ask for forgiveness and I go back to the same thing again. Why would God want to bless me? God's blessing, folks, and God's goodness and grace toward you is not based on your own works. You need to understand that or your own behavior. It is based on Christ's sacrifice. Amen. The, so I want to say that again because I want you to get it. The blessing of the Lord is not dependent on you, on your own good works or righteousness, but rather on what Jesus has done on your behalf. The Word of God says that Jesus Christ has fulfilled all righteousness so that we could receive all the blessings. Amen. This is good news, folks. This is wonderful news. The Word of God says in Ephesians 1.3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, past tense, not going to, already has blessed you, 
with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Every blessing has its roots and its origin in the spirit. It manifests in the natural, but it begins in the spirit. In Christ means because of Christ. In Christ means you blessed because you are joined to Christ. You are in Christ and Christ is in you. You are blessed because of who you are in Christ and not what you do or don't do. If you can get this revelation, half the battle is already over in your life. Are you listening to me? Raise your hand if you're listening and if you're understanding what I'm sharing with you. Amen. You are blessed because of who you are and not what you do or don't do. You are in Christ. God the Father placed you in Him when you believed. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Now, let me say this. Believing is not a feeling. It's a choice. It is an act of your will to believe. To believe. It has nothing to do with your physical senses. Remember that. You choose to believe. You choose to believe. By an act of your will, you choose to believe or choose not to believe. Please notice what Thomas said to the rest of the disciples when they told him they had seen the Lord. Now, let's read that together, please. John's Gospel, chapter 20, verse 24 and 25. Reading from the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verse 24 and 25. Now, Thomas called the twin. One of the twelve was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, We have seen the Lord. So he said to them, this is Thomas speaking now, Unless I see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Notice what he said, I will not believe. That's why I say believing is a choice. He based his believing on what he sees rather than the good news he heard. Thomas chose not to believe the report the disciples gave him because he said, unless I see, I will not believe. Now, I believe that Thomas could have chosen to believe based on the knowledge he had of Jesus by simply walking with him for the last three years. I mean, he saw him raise the dead. He was there. He saw him take five loaves and two fish and feed thousands of men and women and children. Now he could have easily chosen to believe, but he chose not to believe. That is why I say to you that believing is a decision and a choice we make regardless of what we see or feel. Now, and let me give you a revelation here. The state of our heart determines the choices we make in regard to believing or not believing rather than our physical senses. 
the state of our heart determines the choices we make and not our physical senses. Let me say this also. A hardened heart will not believe regardless of what is presented to them. I mean, the Pharisees saw the miracles right in front of the eyes, yet they chose not to believe. Why? Because their hearts were hardened. So a hardened heart, the Bible says, will not believe regardless of what is presented to them. On the other hand, a pliable heart will always believe the report of the Lord regardless of what is seen or felt. That is the reason the Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 4 that, that, that to guard our hearts with all diligence because out of the heart proceed, the Bible says, the forces of life or the issues of life. Your heart determines your future. Hello? Your heart determines your future. Now, look at that verse together with me. In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, from the Amplified Translation. Keep and guard your heart with all vigilance, and above all that you guard, for out of it flow the springs of life. Now this translation says the springs of life or the forces of life or the issues of life. They flow from your spirit man. That is why the Bible admonishes us to protect and to guard our heart from foreign influence. You see, Romans chapter 10 tells us that with the heart man believes. With the spirit, the inward man. The man on the inside, man believes. Faith or believing is the product of the recreated human spirit and not the efforts of the flesh. If we fail to guard and protect our spirit from worldly influence, unbelief will eventually set in and will close our hearts towards God's power and towards God's ability to work on our behalf. Jesus often rebuked the disciples because they allowed their hearts to grow hard and unbelieving. In Matthew's Gospel, we read the following account. Matthew chapter 17, verse 17 through to 20, Jesus is speaking to the disciples, and he says, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me, referring to the little boy with a demon. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief. For assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. Do you see that? Later again in Mark's Gospel 16 verse 14, after the resurrection, 
Jesus appeared to the eleven as they sat at table, and he rebuked their unbelief and their hardness of heart. Notice that unbelief and hardness of heart go hand in hand. Why? Because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. Now, we must never allow our hearts to grow hard and become cynical and judgmental through circumstances, through discouragement, through disappointment with people. If we don't keep a watch on our hearts before we realize it, they become cynical, they become judgmental, and they grow hard. And when your heart, when your heart grows hard, you're you, you blinded by unbelief. You see, unbelief blinds the minds and shuts our ears to the truth of God's Word. The Bible says in, and I think in, in, in 2 Corinthians 4, 4, that the God of this world has blinded the minds of those who do not believe the gospel. You see, unbelief blinds, not physically, but spiritually. Unbelief blocks your ears and you cannot hear. You remember what the angel of the Lord said to Zacharias, who brought him the good news that he would have a son and he would be great in the sight of the Lord? And Zacharias because of his unbelief, said, I'm an old man, my wife is an old woman, how is this possible? Notice what the angel of the Lord said to him. You will be mute and not able to speak because you did not believe my words. You will be mute, not able to speak, because you did not believe my words. So what does unbelief do? It silences your voice of authority. You see, faith has a voice. The Bible says, I believe, therefore I have spoken. Not only, not only you can see the, the spirit of faith at work, but that spirit of faith has a voice. It speaks. But when unbelief sets him, your voice of authority is silenced. <clears throat> Amen. Amen. You see, so we got to choose the side of faith and believing. Determine in your heart to believe God and His Word. 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 20 says, Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe His prophets, and you shall prosper. We need to say to the Lord and to ourselves every day, Listen to this confession. I often make this confession before the Lord. Out loud. I'm a believer and not a doubter. I believe God. I believe His Word. I believe the greatness of His power is at work on my behalf every single day to preserve and to protect me from all evil. I believe the greatness of God's power is at work healing my body, forgiving my sin, renewing my youth as that of an eagle, as well as providing an abundance of financial provision so that I can bless the work of God and do all that God has commanded me to do. Hello. That's my confession of faith. Faith speaks. I believe, therefore I have spoken. What am I speaking? I'm speaking what I believe from my heart. For Jesus said, 
if you will say and not doubt in your heart, but believe that those things which you say shall come to pass, you shall have whatever you say. So I say, what do I say? I'm a believer. I'm not a doubter. I believe God. I believe His Word. I believe the greatness of His power is at work in my life and in my loved ones and in my children and grandchildren. What is that power doing? He's protecting and preserving me and mine from all evil. I believe that greatness of God's power is at work in my body, healing, renewing, restoring my strength and my youth as that of an eagle. Amen. I personally believe that the goal of my ministry in the coming year is to raise the level of our expectancy in receiving from the Lord. And folks, we all of us, I don't know, but my faith was challenged this week. The Lord, with His goodness, with His wonderful way of communicating, it challenged my faith, He said, you have not believed me for all that I want to do for you. It's time you go to another level in your faith. And I am saying that to you as well. The things that you've been struggling with, the things that, that seem to trip you up, it's time where we step up the level of our faith and start receiving from God more than we've ever received in every sphere of life. You've been struggling with finances. It's time you break that spirit of poverty. You said, I'm not going to put up with this and begin to quote and believe the promises of God concerning your financial status. If you have a problem in relationships, you need to step up. You need to believe God for greater things, to, for God to work in that area. And I believe we need to raise the level of our faith in God to new heights. And believe God for a greater release of His power in our life and the life of our loved ones. But it also gonna we need to take the time to wait before God and sit before Him so that He may show us in the Spirit, give us a revelation of those things which He has already prepared for us. Amen? So that your faith can have a goal. And God wants you to be specific what you believe in God for. And I, I, I don't know about you, but I have made a list of things for the next year. This is not just for me. I'm asking you to join your faith and your believing with mine because this is what I'm believing God for in our ministry. Not just in our local church, but in our international outreach. The first thing that I'm releasing my faith for, if you want to make a note and write these things down, I'm going to share them with you and I'm going to ask you to join your faith with mine. What am I believing God for to do in our ministry, in our spiritual family, both locally and internationally? Number one, I'm believing God for the return of the prodigals. I believe there are many prodigals who walked away from God in our family that belong to us, they're part of us, 
Some of them are in church, yet they continue to go their own way, do their own thing. They haven't made that connection with, uh, with, with, with the Spirit of God, with the anointing of God, with the blessing of God, because they're pursuing their own will rather than the will of God. And there are those prodigals who are outside of the fellowship. They walked away. They've been offended for one reason or another. So I'm believing that the Lord would return somehow by His power. This exceeding greatness of His power will arrest them. The goodness of God will find them wherever they are and cause them to return. First to God and then to us, their family. Number two. I'm believing God for the amplification of our voice, the ministry voice throughout the nations. I'm trusting God that He would amplify the voice of this ministry, that we would reach the uttermost parts of the earth. Why? Because Psalm 2 says, Ask of me, and I will give you the nations for your inheritance, and the uttermost parts of the earth for your possession. So I'm believing that God would amplify the voice of authority and the voice of influence in our ministry among the nations. Number three, I'm believing for the multiplication of our influence throughout the nations. I'm believing God that He would raise spiritual sons and daughters anointed by God who would continue to promote the interests of the kingdom of God in every nation that God has called us to. The multiplication of our influence, not just additions, but multiplications. When Jesus stood before me on Monday morning and said, Son, here I am. What what can I do for you? He was giving me an invitation, challenging my faith. He says, come on, raise your faith to another level. I am ready to do much more for you than what you have experienced so far. And I believe what God said to me, He's saying to you, because you are part of my spiritual family. Number four. I'm believing God for the numerical and spiritual growth of our spiritual family, of our members and partners, both locally and abroad. Number five. Are you writing fast enough? You can get the, the you can go to the podcast and listen to this message again and again because. I want us to join our faith together as a family, believing God to see extraordinary things in the coming year. Number five, I'm believing God for the multiplication of our financial resources, not just additions, but multiplication that God would release financial resources into the hands of this ministry so that we could do all that God has called us to do. There are dreams that have not materialized yet. There are things that God has called us to do. Build orphanages, help the poor, preach the gospel, travel to the nations, and release more and more full-time workers into the harvests. And in order to do that, we need finances, folks. You can have all the visions in the world and all the dreams in the world, but if you don't have the money, you're not going anywhere. I believe that the ministry, any ministry that God has called and anointed, must stand on two feet. 
One is spiritual, the other is financial. And if you don't have the finances, you're crippled. And I have experienced that in years past many times. When people begin to withhold from giving to the Lord, we cannot go forward. But I'm believing that God will multiply our financial resources so that we can do all that God has called us to do. Number six, I'm believing God for the increase of open doors, additional platforms. This, what I'm doing now, this webinar is a platform by which the word of the Lord is being proclaimed. The influence of God's kingdom through the word is being extended and established. We can establish the presence of God in every village, in every city, in every town, regardless of where they are, as long as they can connect to the internet. Amen. And the Lord spoke to me the other day, said, son, this ministry will not grow and multiply by trying to bring people into the, the premises in, in Pinelands. It's going to grow by establishing centers of influence all over the world, through house churches, through Bible schools, training centers, all over the world. And that is what I'm believing God, that He would open doors and create more platforms so that we can proclaim the message that God has laid on this ministry's heart. And I believe we have a message to proclaim to the nations. Amen. Number seven, I'm believing God for the increase of favor and anointing upon our family members worldwide. I believe that God will anoint each and every one of you, that you will rise and become a beacon of light wherever God has placed you. Regardless of where you work, regardless of where God has planted you, you will become so bright and a beacon of light that people will come and be attracted to you and you will have an opportunity to share the goodness of God and the love of God with others. That's favor, folks. And number eight. I am believing God for the salvation of new souls, of sinners, through the voice and the influence of our ministry. Now, these are huge things. And I'm asking you to join your faith. Now, you've written these things down. If you want my sermon notes, just text me, email me. I'll send them to you. Now, I haven't got this on the sermon notes, but... They are on, obviously, they're going to be on the, on the podcast. Write these things down and start to exercise your faith. Lord, I believe. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for what? Thank you for the return of the prodigals. And begin to see them returning. See them with the eyes of your faith and welcome them. So get ready. When they come, you're not going to judge them. You're going to love them. You're going to lavish goodness and mercy upon them and forgiveness. Begin to see the amplification of our ministry's voice throughout the nations. Begin to believe and see the multiplication of our influence throughout the nations. The numerical, the spiritual growth of our family, both here locally and abroad. The multiplication of our financial resources. The increase of open doors and platforms to proclaim the message of the Lord. The increase of favor and anointing upon every single member and partner of our ministry. As well as the salvation of souls through the voice and the influence 
of our ministry in Jesus name Amen so I believe that in the coming year I'll be preaching more and more on raising the level of your expectation talking about believing God talking about faith talking about the love of God and all of that Michael preached a wonderful powerful anointed sermon this morning it will be on our podcast I believe by tomorrow he will put it up uh, it's the foundation upon what I'm preaching to you today so listen to that word and listen to it not once but several times because it will create an atmosphere for your faith to function amen and so it is praise God praise the Lord let's pray and conclude this message with prayer and I pray that father I pray that the words that you have released through my mouth today will find a fertile soil in the hearts of your people I pray that the word of the Lord that came forth out of my mouth today will not return unto you void, but I decree and declare that it will accomplish that which you please and it will prosper in the thing whereto you sent it. Father God, we decree and declare before you that we are believers, not doubters. We believe God. We believe your word. We believe your promises. We believe that the exceeding greatness of your power is at work on our behalf, fulfilling and answering the desires of our hearts. For you said in your word, therefore I say unto you, whatever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. And so we receive, Father, all of these requests as we as we expand the horizons and the capacity of our reception to receive from you. Thank you for challenging our faith today. Thank you for speaking to our hearts and minds. Thank you for bringing conviction as a result of the littleness of our faith and our unbelief. Lord, forgive us. Forgive us. There's a song that we sing that is, that is so appropriate. Lord, Forgive me for I have made you too small in my eyes. You need to become bigger and greater in my eyes, Lord. Forgive our unbelief, Lord. Forgive our unbelief. Help us to believe. Even as the man cried out, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. And so I pray that you will help our unbelief as we step into the new season. In Jesus' precious and wonderful name. Amen and Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources and more information about this ministry, come and visit us at www.alphaomegaint.org.za.